Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. As we talk sports with you for the next couple of hours, we appreciate you uh, tuning in here this morning as KXNO goes back to local programming right up until noon. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here this morning, it looks like this, as promised yesterday, we are going to have on a, uh, a guy from The Athletic. His name is Tyson Alger. Uh, he covers the Ducks. Uh, for the athletic, and we will pick his brain on Iowa State's Fiesta Bowl opponent coming up here in about 20 minutes or thereabouts. Tyson will join us. Get the latest on Oregon. What uh, may perhaps some new faces uh, that we may see in the lineup for the Ducks. They did play a quarterback uh, at the end of the football game that they hadn't played, as well as a running back that hadn't played much uh, so far this season. Both of them looked good in the Pac-12 championship. So more on Oregon. Do they want to be there? Are they excited to be there? Uh, Tyson's been around, well, as close as you can get, zooming with the Ducks, so we'll get his take on that. Bill Bender's loaded with takes on college football. We'll do a lot on the playoff uh, with Bill Bender coming up about 1045. You can read his stuff at sportingnews.com. It's Wednesday. That means Cappy's with us at 11.05. The Cap Man, and oh, has he got a lot on his plate here this morning with Trent and I. Obviously, the teardown of the Chicago Cubs. The Bears on the precipice of posts, punching their ticket to postseason. And a hockey note or two, specifically uh, tenure, tailored rather around the captain, Jonathan Taves, who has a mysterious illness, may keep him out of the line. And Rob Doster will join us at 11.30, uh, Field of 68 with Doster. He's a National College basketball guy, and we look forward to speaking with Rob Doster as we do uh, whenever we have the opportunity to speak with him, uh, which will be a lot more once the calendar turns to January. And this just in, that's right around the corner. How are you? I'm doing well. How'd you do betting-wise? Pretty good. It was uh, a good night after the night before was not so positive. Had Iowa laid the 10.5 with them, so that... After looking salty at times, and thank goodness for Mr. Nance telling yeah. Keegan Murray to get that crap out of here, but he didn't say crap. And yeah, you know what, Trent? That, that was, was weak. A, that was weak. That's a terrible call. It was. That, yeah. I mean, good gosh. And it, um, it changed it the did. game pretty it was, quickly. It was a massive, massive... Was it three at the time? Three-point lead for it Iowa? It was tight. Two, yeah. three, four, right in that tight. range. And what you're referring to is the um, it's a little chin music. Yeah, that happens... All the time. Now, is it because there's no one in the building that it amplified that? Oh, no I don't doubt. know what the official was thinking, Trent. For crying yeah. out loud, they're called. You never heard that word before, right? Yeah. Oh God. It wasn't an intimidating. No, it wasn't. It was a guy who was caught up in the moment. Yes, it's an emotional game. It's, it's, it's they all are. You go just a couple blocks over to the field house, and you're watching guys play pickup ball, <laughs> yes. and you're going to hear that said yeah. a dozen times an hour. Uh-huh. Yet in a college basketball game, a Big Ten. College basketball game. That's deserving of a technical. No, That's wasn't. a ref show. I agree. I agree. It was bad. It was Good for it worked Iowa. out for Iowa. <laughs> right. uh, so we'll uh, let that one, you know, sweep that one under the rug a little bit. Well, uh, lots of things to get to in the game last night. CJ Frederick continues to just um, put his stamp on this basketball program. He was terrific again last night. Uh, Wieskamp was. 
two games in a row. Look, he does other things than he does. score. I, I I get that, and 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 maybe that's what we. Uh, maybe uh, some of the opinions out there are starting to go back uh, to what we saw last year out of him, but he does so much more than that. Uh, Bohannon was was Jordan Bohannon last night. It was great to see. It's I, you know what you, you root for kids like this, right? And mm-hmm. I, I hate to see him going out there and, and and struggling to make a shot as he was, and all the arrows come his way, and that's part of it. I get it, but it was good when he has a night like he did last night, and oh, did he have a night last night, uh, filling it up 6-for-9 from behind the three, Keegan Murray's Keegan Murray. They've got something there, do they not, uh, in a big, big way. And now I guess the... And I'm assuming McCaffrey either today or tomorrow will have an availability with the media. Just an update on Joe Toussaint. So I had... Uh... A conversation with somebody before the game last night, and Murray, I think, took it to another level. Big Iowa basketball fan, and we were trying to figure out a comp for him, an Iowa basketball comparison for Keegan Murray. This early in his career. Where he is now and and where the upside could go. Mm -hmm. And one of the names we first talked about on the news of Nicholas Bear joining the the program as a grad assistant, we kind of started there. And then this name jumped into my head. Now, I know you were gone during the time of Chris Street. Yep, I was in Colorado. But Hawkeye fans, help me out on Twitter if if it's a good comparison. Street, an incredible athlete. A guy that had lateral quickness at a high level, had the ability before it was in vogue for a power forward to four mm-hmm. to be a guy that could step out and shoot a three-pointer, a terrific mid-range jumper, and that anticipation that you can't teach. We talked about Keegan Murray a bunch here. A I guy, didn't expect to be. No. Back in November, we didn't think we were going to say right. a word probably about right. him during the course of the regular Frank's season. Frank's got to find minutes for him, and he did so last night. Got 21 yes. last night, and he's going to have to be that guy, I think, at minimum 15. Yeah. I think that's the at starting baseline. Nunji. Okay. Patrick? Maybe. How about Patrick's brother? No, no, no. Connor, Connor does too many things. No, I'm not saying I don't. I want yeah. Connor McCaffrey to play the minutes that he's yep. getting. But if you're carving up, if you're looking for a couple of extra minutes, mm-hmm. do you steal him from there? Um, look, he's been terrific. The the, uh, the the bear comparison, bear to me was as smart a player as, as Aaron White to, between the years was a brilliant player. Mm-hmm. I hated this the way he played the game. Instead of, I mean, I'm beating a dead horse. Right? Yes, you are. Um, I just didn't like the fact that he thought he had to cheat. You know, his legs kicking out when he's in the year better than that. Um, so that's why don't get bailed up by the officials. James you don't Harden, need that. yeah, yeah, right. You don't need that. You're better than that. Keegan Murray is more athletic than Bear by a mile. Yes, no doubt. Um, yeah, he's fun. Trent, they've they've got something there in him. It's going to be fun to watch his career uh, develop and and go forward because. Again, every time you see him, you see something more, and you mm-hmm. can see that, boy, when this all comes together, and it will at some point, you like to think. Still shooting over 40% on threes. Uh-huh. And he's in the, the right rebound. place all yes. the time. So that's the Bear comparison, mm-hmm. because that's what made Nicholas Bear, right? He was always in the right place. Smartness, quickness. Yes. Knew where the ball was going to yes. be before it was actually there. And that was a lot of the qualities we're talking about with Chris Street. I mean, these are kind of some of those intangible factors, those basketball IQ things that mm-hmm. you can't teach. Chris Street had that to go along with the great talent that he had, good size, and, and Murray has that size too. For a guy that was, hey, he's a tall shooter. That's what we were kind of told. That's what you're getting with him. Mm-hmm. There is so much more to his game. Yeah. And well. the, the athletic ability, didn't see. Now, it's not a surprise. His dad was an incredible athlete, one of the best athletes, mm-hmm. I think, that went through Dr. Tom's program that was recruited by Dr. Tom was probably Kenny Murray. 
but to see this guy do this, and this is a fun thing for me with this Iowa basketball team. And is they played defense last night. We yes. I want to gloss over that. Bohannon played a little uh-huh. bit of defense last night. Got lost a couple of times, but better than we'd seen, uh-huh. certainly against Minnesota. Yeah, Wieskamp. It, it wasn't just the three-point shooting. Wieskamp, I thought, was terrific mm-hmm. out on the perimeter against a team that can shoot it really well. Garza, not as, well, he's not a great defender. We know that, right. especially against quick guys like Nance. And that showed up in a big way last night. But so the game before, huh? you know what? Tucson. He needs to be getting more of Bohannon minutes. And we get to this game. At Nunji will have a great game. And then yeah. now he needs to lose minutes. Yeah. And we continue to have these conversations because there are nine quality mm-hmm. players. And they've all played last night. If everybody clicks, if all nine guys are going, yes, this is a team that is good enough to make a run. They haven't hit that moment yet. When they hit that moment, if they hit that moment this year. Well, they got a test on Saturday because this just yeah. in. Rutgers is really good. Well, Harper yeah, is Yeah, he's hurt. questionable, right? Yes. Did I not play that. against Purdue right. last night and still. In a win for I Rutgers. saw uh, one of the writers out there. wasn't the main New Jersey uh, newspaper, NJ. Rutgers writer. Com, yeah. yeah, but uh, one of the beat writers out there had said uh, a quote from the coach that mentioned, probably not, mm. more better chance than not. That he won't go. Well, Rutgers is on the schedule again later on, so you'll yes. see him when they make Great. the return visit. Hawkeye killer. No, he Ron has Harper been, Jr. He has been. But it's not when... just him, too. Geo Baker's a terrific player. Uh-huh. They got dudes on the inside. They lost one of their bigs. This is a good team, Trent. This yeah. is depth in this conference. It's night They're 14th in the, in the country. I know. I know. Think <laughs> just, about that. Yeah. And we'll see. What time is that game on Saturday? That is a great question. In fact, I was thinking don't about be, that last Don't be 3 o'clock. Oh, right don't at the same long. time as the... Don't, is it? No, don't be. Let's fast forward. Iowa State, the basketball, they play Baylor at one and then moves right into football. Oh, you're going to have a smile on your face. Oh, 11? How about one? Well, same time as Iowa State, but you can go back and forth, tape them both, and yeah. work it the same way. We worked when the, uh, they're both playing football at the same time. So you get Iowa State basketball starting at noon. Mm-hmm. Then a Iowa, noon or one? Noon. Bang. Yes. Then one o'clock for the Iowa game. And three o'clock for the is it going to be straight up three o'clock or well, is it going to be more of that three twenty type of thing? Hard to say. I'm hopeful that three twenty push it back a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Rutgers Iowa appointment TV. So is Oregon Iowa State appointment TV. How about Iowa Northwestern first ever time between ranked teams? And I'm going to guess Iowa Rutgers. Unless Rutgers uh, was ranked last year at a point. I'm not sure. Probably going to be the same. Yeah. Boy, they did a job on Bowie last night, didn't they? He uh-huh. he was red hot coming into that basketball game, finished with two points uh, in the game. Nance got his clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, he couldn't miss it in the beginning of that basketball game. That fun game. Good for Iowa to get back in the win column after they fell to Minnesota. Uh, but there's going to be those nights. It's the Big Ten. And what did we come up with yesterday? 15 wins probably gets the conference crown. 14 and 6, I think, is what we. 15 and 5? 15 will win it outright. How about that? Okay. You get to 15 and 5. Here's the other component. And wouldn't this just be Iowa basketball, who has been on the precipice and not being able to take that final step? They're in position to win their first regular season title since 79. No, don't go there. And lose a game or two towards the end of the oh, I season. Thought you were going, <laughs> I thought you were going to the P word. No, 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 no. Not going there. But have a game or two that are canceled towards the end of the season. And ah, you know what? By win percentage, actually, whoever yeah. wins the regular season title. Yeah, that would be brutal. That would be brutal. All right, so the football last night, uh, two Big 12 teams both kind of flexed their muscle a little bit. Miami couldn't catch the football, which is just a head-scratcher to me. Well, the biggest um, takeaway uh, from the early game last night um, the Miami Oklahoma State game was where the arrows pointed at uh, Tylen Wallace mm-hmm. for 
not playing in the second half. An arrangement that apparently, this is according to Oklahoma State media, um, had been predetermined prior to the game starting. It's not like this caught anybody off guard, apparently. Uh, And whether it did or whether it didn't, look, he's had two ACLs. Is that what it is? I think two. I know one. One for sure. He missed two years ago. Okay. Um, and and Derek King, he blew his out in the middle of that football. Tylen Wallace in four months, four and a half months, is about to become a millionaire. And what, I mean, it was Jerry Palm from CBS. He mm-hmm. thought that this kid should have his jersey stripped from him. If he's going to stand on the sidelines, he shouldn't be allowed to wear his jersey. Jerry Palm. Jerry Palm, CBS Sports. I mean, the closest he got to a football field, literally, was marching on it. He was on the marching band at Purdue. But it upset him. And others, like, he's not the only one. He was the only blue checkmark one that I... Well, Pat Forty didn't understand it either. Look, (laughs) it was predetermined. He was going to play a half, and then that was going to be it. This is the same brigade that didn't want football. Just, these guys... Pat Forties of the world driving me nuts, yeah. and I for a long time was a big Forty fan. But come on, a, I love the way he writes. I, I do I, too. I couldn't understand the take that again. You just saw a guy. I mean, these these were the ones peddling. They're going to be body bags across the yeah, the nation, right. and here we are finishing up bowl season. Not a one. Now it's it's kind of uh, cobbled together. I mean, 40, uh, Colorado yeah. had forty seven guys last. Sure. Year. But I enjoyed it. Yeah, so did I. So I, did I. I flipped over and I had a smile on my and face Texas and I was is watching back, football. Alba Bowl, yeah, and we get to, we get to do that this summer. I thought we were going to do it with Miami as we talked about yesterday. No, but Oklahoma State, but that Presley kid who was the receiver that took advantage of Wallace being and out. how about Spencer Sanders? Spencer Sanders Trent yeah. was out of his mind last as night. As good as Spencer Sanders, without a doubt, for a full game. Yes, without a doubt, against a quality opponent. Right, and for whatever reason, Miami couldn't stop the pass early in the football game. Mm-hmm. Then they went away from it. They were they could have run Miami out of the building. Uh-huh. Felt uh, that way. It, it really and truly did. It's twenty one zip for crying out loud after the first fifteen minutes, and then it gets a little closer, and boom, then it's tied. A uh, really good football game. Uh, the late game last night, Texas. You saw some. You saw the future in a lot of positions for Texas. I mean, look at it's it's no surprise to anybody that four stars, five stars, they're making their way to Austin, right? They recruit, but then there they developed. That's the thing. We saw some guys on both sides. This Alfred Collins guy, that interception he had last night was just absolutely incredible. Uh, the quarterback that comes in, Thompson, he's just a sophomore. Robinson, the running back, uh, where's he been all season long? He was You couldn't tackle him last night. So... Texas again. They're going to be. It's going to be over the moon hype in this off season for them. And when we're looking for that third team in the conference, or maybe it's the fourth team, because as Iowa State established themselves at this point, yeah, uh, Oklahoma State because of Sanders, because of Presley, because of the running backs. Uh, Sanders was great. Sanders was terrific. Texas looked good. The Big 12 flexed their muscle last night. So I am uh, interested to see if Ellinger does not come back for I don't another think season. Will. Do you think he will? The Thompson kid, I want to find out more about his recruiting story. Dad went to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Live in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. I mean, hop, skip, and a jump away from Norman. Well, wasn't it the same with Ellinger? Weren't his folks all Sooners? Were they? Uh, it was well, well, there was one quarterback that played at Texas. Maybe I'm getting my Texas QBs mixed up. But the Thompson story, how, how that happens. Maybe 
Oklahoma didn't think he fit. Maybe they had somebody else in that recruiting class, but that'll be a fun story to, as we're talking Big 12, kind of uncover here this summer. And if anybody knows the story behind it, you can certainly hit us up on Twitter. But you're exactly right. I... It was difficult for me to believe the Big 12 was that good. Now, we do this a lot. We overrate bowls. Mm-hmm. We overrate what we I see. I thought Miami would win last night. Was it Buchel maybe that was the his family? was? I don't know. Anyways, go ahead. Before he left, no big deal. I The Sun Belt losses. They just yeah, they linger. Right. But look what the Sun Belt's doing to the Bulls. And as it pertained to Iowa State, that was it was not an Iowa State issue as they continued to move up the rankings. It was a Big Twelve issue. This is a team that a conference that went zero and three against mm-hmm. the Sun Belt, including two of your top half teams mm-hmm. in Iowa State going down and Kansas State, and yet we're going to put them up there and we're going to have the champion have a chance at the playoff. I just couldn't buy it. This is buying me back in a little bit more, and what Iowa State did a little bit more. I love them against Oregon. It's been one of my favorite bowl bets of the season coming up, laying the four up to four and a half. And I wonder if that thing's going to tick higher by the time we get it to It really Saturday. hasn't moved, has it? It hasn't. It yeah. moved that half point, and that's really been it that we've seen pretty much across the board. But get later and later uh, with it. But Big 12, that's been impressive. It, it really has. Mm-hmm. And, and I like them today because Florida's got a whole bunch of guys sitting out of the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. A whole bunch of What's that guys. number at? Uh, seven, I think. Six and a half, seven, okay. Oklahoma. And I thought Florida opened as a field goal favorite. Oh, really? I think that when the, when the numbers Yes, I, were... I have it here. December 21st, Florida minus three, total of 72. The total's down to 66 and a half today. Is it? That's because of all the Florida skill guys mm-hmm. that aren't playing. And the number is seven, right? Six yes. and a half, seven? Seven. That's a big swing. <laughs> so I like Oak, and I liked Florida when the, when the bowl games were mm-hmm. announced, when the matchups came out, not knowing who wasn't going to play. And figuring Pitts wasn't going to play after he sat out yeah. the, the game earlier, right before right. the SEC right. championship game and the loss to LSU. You figure if he sat out that game, he's not playing. Probably in this not going to play, even though it is a, you know, got the cotton bowl. Yeah. Well, um, that's on tap today. We did lose a game tomorrow night. I was surprised, and I don't think they're going to. There's no prime time game tomorrow night. That was supposed to be the TCU game, TCU Arkansas. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That was a seven o'clock kick on New Year's Eve. That's not bad, right? Um, no game, and they're not at least to this point. What's the reason for that? I think just because people already have plans in place. I think yeah. more than anything. And but you know what? Does ESPN and the millions of dollars that they're making and spending on this? This is Bill Danklewich is going to have to change his flight. <laughs> You know, yeah. Joe Fan has to spend an extra night in the hotel. Well, we see New Year's Eve games do not rate well. They do at my house. <laughs> yes. Right. We, we know it's all about you. Well, but, you know, not everybody is just yeah. in their basement. Now, there is a Big Ten game, basketball-wise. I think. Oh, is there? I think I thought I saw, though. I looked ahead when I saw that uh, switch. Uh, I think there was one Big Ten game maybe early in the night. Let's see here. Is it Ohio State? I don't remember. I, uh, I Michigan, Maryland. Michigan, Maryland. There Six you, o'clock, three thirty on New Year's Eve. Minnesota going to Wisconsin. That's not bad. The way Top Minnesota's playing, yeah. and Wisconsin trying to get up off the mat and win a game after they got uh, upset the other day. So at least there's something. But there's no primetime game on uh, on New Year's Eve. And I got to be honest, Trent. Why am I always? I hate when I say that. And it bugs me, and I hope I never say it in 2021. That's one of my resolutions. I gotta be honest with you. Well, what have you been doing the other time you're on the air? <laughs> um, and I mean it. I'm, I'm going to try not use that crutch. 
I love the way they match up, right? Yeah. Usually the Sugar Bowl is played. It's it's eight o'clock. It's eight thirty. It's a four hour game, but it's, you got to go to work the next day, <laughs> right? It's back to the real world. It's January the second, and you're out the door, and it's a new year starting, and it's Friday and Saturday night. It's pretty good mm-hmm. the way that it's, uh, and hopefully they'll all come together. Well, we know that. Um, it's pretty getting pretty late in the game for it not to come together. We're going to head to the West Coast. Ducks. Next. Let's find out as much as we can about this Oregon Duck football team. Who's playing? Who's not? Is the backup Brown going to play uh, the quarterback position? We'll find out that as we talk to Tyson Alger from the Athletic. That's who he covers for the Athletic. He is next. Bill Bender on College Football 1045. If you're a Chicago sports fan... Uh, Cappy at 11.05 in his regular spot. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. Paid for by NHTSA. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Bill Bender from the Sporting News coming up at about 1045. We'll get into the playoff uh, with Bill Bender. Uh, David Kaplan kicks off our number two around. We go Chicago sports. A lot on the Bears, a lot on the Cubs, as the Cubs have a lot of news that they are making. Tyson Alger covers the Oregon Ducks for the Athletic. Uh, he joins the program. Tyson, my name is Ken Miller. My partner is Trent Condon. Thank you so much uh, for spending a few minutes with us this morning. How are you, Tyson? You know what? We just got off of uh, Oregon's uh, offensive uh, virtual media day this morning, so uh, we're we're well at it already. Well, hopefully you're full of news because I'm anxious to uh, to pick your brain on this. And I know that you know we uh, we have some fun with Matt Campbell. You know, he's he's had a kid that's been uh, hurt since September the 12th. It's day to day, and he said it again this week. And I guess uh, Mario Cristobal is kind of the same way. He keeps pretty uh, keeps the injuries etc. pretty close to the vest. Uh, so I'm not sure you got anything from who's going to play the quarterback but you saw Anthony Brown play last week and in the running game this dollars kid he certainly opened my eyes so how about those two shuck going to start and will we see the Boston College transfer Anthony Brown who looked good in his relief appearance uh, last time yeah, Shuck's going to start, or at least, you know, unless Oregon pulls out a, a rabbit out of its hat, but that's, that's the way everything's trending. And uh, they, they unveiled Brown uh, in, in that Pac-12 championship game kind of as like a veteran presence in the goal line look because, you know, Shuck's been Shuck's been awfully good kind of between the 20s, but I think some of his inexperiences showed up in, uh, in the red zone area. So um, I, I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see uh, uh, Brown get some opportunities there because, I mean, like, you know, this kid was a really good player at Boston college and and the only reason he ended up at at, at Oregon was because of a pair of pair of knee surgeries so uh, uh they they definitely have a a 1b option at the very least there in him and then at the running back position it's kind of been a bit of musical chairs this year just because CJ Burdell was the Pac-12's leading returning rusher this year and and can have some games where he you know will rattle off 200 plus yards but he's he's kind of inconsistent and he can get banged up early at times which is where you have a, a player like Travis Dye who's a lot more of a, a, a player in, in space sort of, of guy who, who can break off large runs but just doesn't have that size, which is where kind of dollars came in in that Pac-12 title game. He's a 
he's a, a red shirt freshman. He runs hard. He's bigger than, than the other two guys. And, um, yeah, I mean, given his first real opportunity in, in that Pac-12 championship game, I, I was very impressed with the way he ran. So, Tyson, as you go through and you look at the matchup, and on paper it feels like Iowa State is the better side, their favorite in Vegas, and on and on and on. When you look at it from an Oregon perspective, they look at this Iowa State team, get through the regular season at 8-1 and in the Big 12. What has Oregon been saying about this Iowa State team? And maybe the respect angle is what I'm, I'm angling for here. What are you feeling you're, is coming out from Oregon side? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's been nothing but respect from the Oregon side. Um, you know, th- th- this is a very talented Oregon team. It's just a really young and inexperienced mm-hmm. one. So, I mean, like, they're, they're, they're confident in themselves, but really it's, it's been kind of inconsistent this year. And so I think when they're looking at Iowa State, which has, uh, you know, the best running back in the country, an experienced quarterback who, who kind of went back and forth with Tyler Shuck uh, back in their high school days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there, there, there's been a lot of a lot of respect about, you know, just some of Iowa State's playoff edge. I mean, obviously, these are the guys on offense. And, boy, I, I tell you what, Oregon's rush defense has, has been probably the most inconsistent unit for this group this year. And then when you're facing a running back like like they got over there, um, it's 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 going to be. Uh, I think that's going to be the matchup that decides this game. Whether or not Oregon's front seven plays like they did, uh, kind of the last two weeks, uh, especially against UC, or USC when they allowed 38 rushing yards, or if uh, if, if Hall is is going to have a field day against this team. Yeah, and watching that, uh, watching the uh, the title game, they got after Slovis. They made his uh, life miserable in that game. Where I want to player, I want to um, get your you know to opine on is a guy that I think that if we don't know his name now, uh, in the next ten years or so, he's might be a household name because there's that there's there's that kind of hype around uh, Kevon Thibodeau um he is so far at least I I would say and I'm anxious to get your take on this lived up to that hype that's around him how good is he yeah he he's ridiculously good and and the funny thing watching him is, is you kind of the last two years you've seen a, a switch flip I mean he, he started last year on the defensive line as a true freshman and he finished the year with nine sacks and all of those came after week four. I mean, he's just like a second half in the season, second half of the season player. And you saw that a bit this year where, I mean, he was still incredibly effective in the first couple games of the season. He just didn't quite have those stats that you would associate with a player that I thought uh, was going to be in the running for Pac-12 defensive player of the year. But I mean, over the last three weeks, he's, he's been Morgan's best player. Uh, just, just the way that he's able to get off quickly on the line. Um, you know, if he's not getting the stack, he's getting a hand on the quarterback. Um, if he gets blocked early, he's, I mean, he doesn't give up on plays. He, he's an awfully relentless type of player. And, uh, boy, when, when he's, when he's really on, uh, there's there's really no player on this team that makes that type of an impact, and, and you can look back at uh, you know some of the pivotal games Oregon played last year, uh, whether it be the Pac-12 championship where he had a couple of sacks and a blocked punt, or uh, in the Rose Bowl against Wisconsin where I mean he he was getting a hand on on a quarterback just about every play. Uh, I mean he's he's a complete uh, a disruptor and in uh, some in a player that I completely expect to see taken. Um, if, if not next year in the first round, then, then uh, the year after that. You know, I read something, that comparison, and, and this is pretty high praise, but it's, but it's Von Miller at Texas A&M, you know, before he got to, to the NFL and, and uh, wreaked havoc uh, as he's done uh, throughout his career. Is that a fair comparison? They're about the same size, and I, and I read that, and that instantly got my attention. You know what? That's that's awful, an awfully good comparison. I didn't watch a ton of Von Miller when he was at A and M, but I mean, it's 
and I, I, I I've covered this this team for this will be my eighth season, and I've seen some really good defensive linemen come through. You know, specifically like DeForest Buckner, uh, mm-hmm. who's, who's a Pro Bowler in the NFL, and, and completely different body type between uh, Kayvon and, and DeForest. But um, Kayvon's as good as I've seen, and and, and, essentially, and especially can make the biggest impact on, on a game that I've seen here at Oregon. Opt-outs, a big, big uh, mm, factor yeah. for Oregon, of course, before the season. Basically, their whole defensive backfield outside of Lenore, uh, who decided to come back for his final season, they that opted out. was pretty good, too. Panay Sewell, <laughs> yeah. who got some Heisman votes the year previous. Any more on the horizon? Do you anticipate before Saturday we'll hear any more news, any more guys making the decision not to play in the Fiesta Bowl? No, I, I'm I'm pretty sure the Ducks are all in for this game. I mean, this is, you know, it, it, it's certainly been on, on one hand a disappointing year for this team because I think before all those opt outs, this this was a group that legitimately thought it had at least the the ability to contend for one of those four playoff spots. Um, you know, I think ultimately uh, they they might have been a bit behind at the quarterback position to to really do that. But I mean, Penny Sewell was awesome, and and those. Those three three guys in, in the defensive backfield were were awfully awfully good, uh, and it took Oregon some time to kind of uh, recoup from that. But ever since they won the Pac-12 title and, and they decided as a group to stay in Eugene overall, um, I mean throughout Christmas and everything, I mean this this has been a big focus for them. And um, or, Oregon's healthy coming into this game uh, in terms of like physical, you know, it's 2020, so we'll we'll see where that actually ends up. But. Um, yeah, no. Uh, just about every every Oregon player that you would expect is uh, is gearing up for this game. Yeah, in, in one of your pieces, of the Athletic, prior to the Pac-12 championship game, uh, did you? I, I think I read that De- Devin Williams was hurt. He dressed for the championship game. I don't know if he saw the field or not. Uh, he's a big, tall receiver, six foot five. Um, what what's his status? Will he play? Yeah, it's 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 anticipated he'll play. I mean, he, he's been awfully streaky this year, but. Boy, when he's on, uh, he, he gives Oregon a, a target on offense that they just haven't had in a couple of years. Like he had a two-week streak where he was just, it just seemed, seemed like Chuck was finding him every play. And so, you know, I, I think that just kind of comes with the territory of having, you know, uh, basically a, a completely new offense this year is, is you're going to be streaky. But, uh, yeah, I, I expect him to, to, to be a factor in this game. Tyson Alger joining us. He covers the Oregon Ducks for The Athletic. It's Miller and Condon on KXNO. Last thing for me, Tyson, and it's more of a big-picture question, but we talked about Oregon. Big expectations coming into this year. One of those dark horse, maybe, teams to win a national championship before this crazy season. We're now looking at five years without a Pac-12 team competing in the college football playoff. Washington got there four years ago. When you look at this conference as a whole, USC... They're a brand. Oregon, they're a brand. Washington, to a different level, still a brand. But what's it going to take to get back in that national spotlight short of an expansion up to eight teams in the college football playoff? You know, it's it's going to take... It's going to take Oregon making a playoff appearance, which, uh, you know, they, they just signed Mario Cristobal to a contract extension and, and they just inked, uh, you know, their, I think, third consecutive top 10 recruiting class. So, like, it's it's a realistic possibility that Oregon can kind of peak and, and get into that here and they pro- probably in this next, like, four-year four, four year window or so. But I really also think it just takes USC getting back to being a perennial top 10 mm-hmm. team. I, I think Oregon's kind of really had to – to carry this conference for the last decade and, and, and the ducks have been good at that, but um, you know, it's, you, you can't just put all your eggs in one basket. And that, and I think USC is really the only other team in this conference that's going to attract that sort of national attention. And um, you know, it's 
you saw that a bit in the Pac-12 title game. I, I don't think anybody in the Pac-12 was disappointed that Washington had the – I mean, that, that Oregon was the fill-in of that game because these, these are really kind of the two teams the conference has right now in terms of what they want to present to the nation. It's just unfortunate that USC has kind of just been so inconsistent with – they've had the talent, but it seems like every other year Clay Helton has been on the hot seat. So um, I, I think those two teams really need to peak. And, and just to have, like – you know, just just some notable players like after that, like Arizona State. Uh, Jaden Daniels is a really good quarterback, yep. um, but just 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 to have just some notoriety among the other teams because outside of these top two teams, I don't think anybody in the country really pays attention to anything outside the Pac-12. Mm, interesting. Yeah, Dan, just a sophomore, right? I think he's got a couple more years left. Big kid can run it, can chuck it. Last thing, play travel guide for our audience. If you're, there's a college football fan that's got, I haven't seen a game in the Pac-12. I mean, we get the Rose Bowl, the Rose Bowl's on a level, I would think all by itself. Since you've covered the Ducks and covered the league as long as you have, what's a, what's one uh, destination that college football fans should see you know like the rose bowl is the easy one to say but uh folsom field and call in it's pretty special is, isn't it is, is it's, it's spectacular yeah. especially especially like you know i think what was it two weeks ago they had some snow there um it's you know the the, the press box leaves a little bit but 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 the, but the overall view, I mean, you you don't get better than that. I, I love Boulder, and I mean, like the Pac-12 is pretty spoiled overall in terms of locations. Like I love going to Seattle. Um, Arizona is always great, you know, to get away from these this, these Portland winters. Um, so you know, we we might not have the best football over on this coast, but but I'll take our views. You know, that's for sure. Tyson, listen, thanks for doing this for us. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll keep your number in the Rolodex in case there's another uh, Pac-12 game on the horizon with uh, either Iowa State or Iowa at some point. Tyson, thank you. Happy New Year to you. Hey, thank you, you too, and thanks for having me on. I yeah, appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Tyson Alger from The Athletic. Again, another reason to subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, every team is covered, and if you're a Cyclone fan, click on the Oregon page. Do a little intel on the opponent. Tyson will get you up to date as he helped me <laughs> prior to uh, him coming on here today. Um, do you have a Pac-12 destination you want to see? Not really. You've been to the Rose Bowl. Been to the Rose Bowl. The Coliseum. The Coliseum. I've just continued. I've Here's never a dump. been there. Never been. Even with the upgrades that they made, yeah. it's it's better, but not a great area around Cal, there. Cal, maybe. No. I like the trees. I like the trees. Cal. I don't know. I mean, I want to see. You don't leave Ankeny. You're going to go to a Cal football <laughs> no, game. Come just, on. I'm just trying to throw out options. I I wanted been to make to it Tucson. I wanted to make it to Husky Stadium this year because yeah. my nephew. That's Bama's too. He is a senior. At Washington, yeah. Thought this was going to be the Bama's fall. Got fam. What what takes Bama out there? He's told us that in the Seattle, past. probably. Okay, you you kind of knock off two mm-hmm. two birds with one mm-hmm. stone. You get to go to Seattle. Have you been to Folsom Field in Boulder? No, it's beautiful. It yeah. really and truly is. They sold beer well before anybody they else did. And I bought beer at that stadium way before I did banquet beer, and that's all you could get. Oh, beautiful! That's all you could. Get. I lo- well, Coors Light, Coors Light, Coors yeah. Light, and Coors. Yeah, I love a banquet. Yeah. We used to drive from Winnipeg to Montana before about this time every yeah. year because you'd have to have it for new before it went everywhere. Yeah, what, was it pasture? What was the reason you couldn't get? Why it couldn't ship across the country? I don't remember the justification. Oh well, it. see, I'm probably. What's up? Twenty years old at the time. So this is the late seventies. Mike mm-hmm. McCarthy and I getting in his van. My dad has told me these stories oh, it's, too. It's true. Yes, you you yeah. couldn't get Montana was mm-hmm. the closest place you would get it, and we. would Load up the van and bring it back for for the team. 
Uh, pay the duty when you got to the border. Who cares? Right. Uh, anyways, Miller and Condon. Bill Bender next. There was a reason. Fr- refrigeration? Pasteurization? I don't know. That Rocky Mountain water. It was. T- you know what? It just tasted different. It did. It really did. It does. I don't think it does now. Do I you? do. Do you? I not I, like it once did. Not it, like in the 70s. Yeah. I don't think anyways. There's a lot more light beers now too, right? Maybe Over, that's true. Yeah. Maybe that's part of it too. Yeah, the silver bullet when it uh, anyway. Okay. Uh Bill Bender, college football. We haven't had enough of that conversation. We'll get Bill Bender next. Cappy, he should be appointment radio today if you're a Chicago sports fan. Well, it should be every Wednesday at 11.05. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. With all the Cubs news, is the Wilson Contreras rumor out there? Is it legit? Is it BS? Who's next? The Bears, after all, they've got a big one against the Packers coming up this Sunday as well. By the way, if you're a fantasy player, fantasy well, you'll know if you're in your champion. Mm-hmm. But Delvin Cook apparently is not going to be able to answer the bell for the Vikings. He had a family issue that has taken him back to Miami oh. and will not play in the finale for the Vikings, which if you're a Vikings fan, that's good news because you want your team to lose. Not it's all, all of about them. the draft pick. Not all point. of them. Why would you want to finish? Why because would you... you can screw it up at 12 or you can screw it up at 14. <laughs> yeah, but that guy that you wanted might go at 13 if you're sitting at 14. Or they might not pick him anyway. That's true, too, Trent. I never thought of that point. Um, yeah, I did, but it's fun to... I'm a draft guy when your squad's out of it. Uh, just coming up on 1045, Bill Bender next. 1460 KX and 0-1. I'm anywhere. Templeton Rye, six-year. Recent double gold medal winner from San Francisco World Spirits Competition. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station. 1460 KX and 0-106.3 FM. Let's get to our friend Bill Bender, shall we? Sportingnews.com. Uh, he joins us. We'll take a look at those playoffs and uh, pick his brain on some other topics out there pursuant to college football. Bill, Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Well, Bill, here we go with the four playoff teams. And you know what jumps off uh, when you see these teams? You really have to have a quarterback to get to this level, right? And the and the four that are going to play in the semifinals uh, certainly fit that bill. Uh, it's so important. It might be the most important position in all of sports. And uh, we've got four beauties uh, that we're going to watch on Friday. Yeah, I mean, I think all four of those guys have played well. Um you know, three of those teams have 40-point offense, and that's the other thing you need is that big high-scoring offense, and the one that doesn't is one we're kind of wondering if they can yeah. hang. So uh, I think it's going to be two really good games. I'm excited for it. I mean, it's a great way to start off and, and get 2020 the heck out of here and uh, start with a good year. How much pressure is on Justin Fields in this game? I mean, it's a team sport, I get that, but he's got – um, obviously, he's back and forth. Is it Zach Wilson? Is it Fields? Is the number two quarterback? Is this really um, an audition for him? Do you th- think we've like we've seen him play a bunch of games already? So NFL teams know what he is. But is there more pressure on Fields? Maybe Bill, because um, I don't know. It, it seemed like he maybe didn't live up to it this year, and I know his team didn't get to participate as much as as some of the other teams. But what about pressure on Fields? Yeah, there is for sure. I mean, because if he loses, plays poorly, you know, he could sink. He, I don't think he's going to get drafted ahead of Trevor Lawrence. I don't think anybody no. believes that. But uh-huh. then you run the risk of falling into the Zach Wilson, Kyle Trask, right. Mac Jones, Trey Lance. Right now, Justin Fields is probably considered ahead of those guys. 
have a bad game here. You never know. So there's pressure on him. There's pressure on Dabo. After, you know, putting Ohio State 11 in his pool, there's pressure on Brian Kelly and the big game Notre Dame thing. And Alabama, every time they lose, we wonder if it's the end. So, I mean, all of those pressure points are very interesting to see. So, new blood is not in there. Though Notre Dame, I guess, is the newest of the blood, if you will. It's still Notre Dame. It's still, of course, the national program that it is. Who has the most to to gain here? Is it Ohio State as a program getting up maybe to that, at least close to the level of the Clemson and Alabama's? Is it Notre Dame getting a chance to finally exercise something that hasn't happened in over 30 years in the national championship? Who would a national championship mean the most to out of this group? That's a tough question. Probably Notre Dame, since they have the longest drought mm-hmm. since 88, and it would validate the program and everything Brian Kelly was talking about. The thing I was saying earlier, so Notre Dame's 3-20 and 20 against top 10 teams, top 5 teams since the BCS. They're 3-20? and 3-20 and wow. against top 5 teams since the BCS era began. But where Brian Kelly made his point, and I agree with him, is Notre Dame's in the top 10 now playing those top 5 teams. They're not unranked Notre Dame playing a great USC team. You know what I mean? I so do. I get it. Yep. The program has evolved, but the next step is winning those games. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think there's no doubt it would mean the most to Notre Dame. And, you know, it also mean the most to Alabama in some ways, though, because Nick Saban would break the Bears' record. And what mm-hmm. better way to do it than now? Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Bender from the Sporting News is our guest. Uh, so the – I would have to think, Bill, if you the 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 more competitive game is clearly going to be the Sugar Bowl, uh, Clemson and Ohio State, or maybe you think otherwise. But it's just this Alabama team, after watching Clemson uh, and and Notre Dame go at it in the ACC championship, I just think Alabama's just got too much for Notre Dame. So Clemson, Ohio State, can you legitimately make a case that for either one of these teams, or no, or watching Clemson, what they did uh, the last time that we saw him, Lawrence playing as well as he ever has etn running the ball etc the receivers the defense coming around um is this going to be a close game is the sugar bowl going to have us on the edge of our seats right till the end no i think it's gonna be a really good game you know with the quarterback play the motivation on both sides they're gonna go at it i think it's uh definitely gonna be one of those classes and somebody's gonna rub their nose in the other fan base's face too afterward whether it's clemson just saying hey we're you know, they've never lost Ohio State. And then under win, you know how that's going to go. And then if Ohio State wins, I'm sure they'll remind Clemson fans that Dabo had them number 11 in his ballot. And uh, that makes that game really hot. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Looking forward to that one. One of my favorite games coming up of the whole bowl slate. we got a game kicking in less than 10 minutes, Bill. It's Wisconsin, who was not the Wisconsin we're used to this season, against Wake Forest, a middle-of-the-road ACC team. Frankly, doesn't move the needle a whole much here. But the point spread's 10, 10 and a half. Ken and I both like the Wake Forest side. As we were coming on, I asked you, Bill, and you like the other side here. Just your thoughts on, what a great name, the Dukes Mayo Bowl. Yeah, we're talking about it here. I've been to that game when it was called the Belk Bowl. I went, we didn't have anything else to do, so we went and watched UConn and Wake play one year, and it was fun. Um, So... I, if Wisconsin, the team that played Michigan, shows up and is healthy and mm-hmm. Graham Mertz is throwing it around, they can score. They, they can easily cover. You know, rely on that offensive line and build some momentum for next year. And Wake Forest, obviously, they played Michigan State in the bowl game recently. So I, I'm going to sit and watch it. I mean, it's football, and 
we don't have too many of these left, and, and I think there's like 14 bowl games left, so I'm definitely going to sit and enjoy this one. Uh, absolutely. So what the, what about tonight, Bill? Florida's got all the opt-outs. Oklahoma, I liked Florida when the bowl, when the, uh, when the matchups were announced back, uh, what was it, December 21st. Uh, I like Florida that football game. I don't anymore. Uh, this Oklahoma defense, particularly the defensive front, is legit. Uh, we know what they've got offensively, but... I now like Oklahoma. I just think that there's been too many guys that have opted out, too many skill guys opted out for Florida that now leads me to believe that the Big 12 is going to win another bowl game. Yeah, I agree, too. Um, I, I'm not going to change my pick at Sporting News. I got Florida up there, and I don't like changing picks. But, I mean, I should be able to with all those receiving guys out. I think that's something to watch. And, it's on Oklahoma to prove it defensively. Yeah. You know, the last three semifinals, they got ripped up by SEC schools. And if Florida does that, they're never going to hear the end of it. So for Oklahoma, it's also a chance. You know, I'm starting to peek ahead at preseason top 25s for next year. <laughs> they win big here. I mean, they'll be right back there in the top five where they normally are. Hmm. What did you think of Texas last night? And Oklahoma State Sanders was incredible. Preseason, what, two, three? <laughs> where, where are you going, Bill? Yeah, we, when we, <laughs> we saw the future at Texas with some of their young kids. What about those two uh, schools? I, I tweeted that out. I, I, that was the bull game I did get right because I said Texas will win big. We'll start the preseason hyper. Yeah. It's like a cycle. The, the, the cycle that won't break no matter what year we're in. And uh, They did play well last night. They've got some young playmakers, and it's important to remember that they lost three close games. So a lot of that heat off Herman is over. I mean, they, they, they're they sticking with him. and that's, I think that's a nod to the young players he's recruited. If yeah. that continues, maybe they have that long way to break through next year. They will be probably be ranked in the top ten as well. Go mm-hmm. figure, right? Yeah, amazing. Um, Iowa State's got a big date against Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl, Bill. I think this is a very intriguing game. Uh, we just had a guy on from uh, from the covers Oregon. He says they're absolutely uh, pumped up to be in this football game. They're a young team. Um, Iowa State really wants to be there. This would be, I mean, for Iowa State at the end of the year to finish in the top ten, which I believe they will if they win the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, it's 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 an area of, uh, that, as you well know, they've never been before. Who do you like in the Fiesta Bowl? Help us out with this one. Programs on the rise, definitely two of them right there. Oregon will use this to build into next season. It didn't go the way they wanted, but you got to wonder what a full season will look like in Eugene. They've got a good team, and Iowa State, Matt Campbell's still there. You know, there was talk about other jobs maybe opening up. Maybe he would entertain those, but I mean, he's built a program there. So, yeah, I mean, when you talk about bull games and teams not wanting to be there and all those kind of things, that won't be the case in that one. And I don't think it'll be the case in the A&M-North Carolina game either, even though North Carolina had some guys opt out. Mm-hmm. Those are a couple other programs on the rise and, and something to keep in mind as they move forward. So all of the New Year's Day Six Bulls should be good. And that's the goal in a lot of ways of what this playoff has tried to create. And uh, I'm looking forward to all six of them. And uh, looking at your picks at SportingNews.com, you picked Iowa State to beat Oregon. Close, but picked them. you picked the, the Cyclones to win. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm a little over 500 right now, which is not bad, trust me. When you do these bowl games, it's not. Um, so uh, we'll see what happens. I think I got Wisconsin and Florida today, and then you know we get into those semifinals. Uh, and we're going to see a final of who? Clemson, Alabama again? I think so. I think so. Uh, and here's an interesting thing. I brought this up to my editor this morning. So if you, if one of those guys was an AFC team and one of those guys was an NFC team, and 
you're seeing the same teams in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl five of the seven years. I mean, that, that's where we're at. And it's kind of like, I have to go back and look, but it's a little bit like the Steelers and the Cowboys in the 70s, yeah. where one was in every year. Yeah. And it's, uh, or you could make the comparison to, but it's not perfect. You could say Lakers, Celtics, but the problem with that is it'd be like, more like Celtics Knicks because um, the the two programs are in the same part of the country. I can see it. I can see it. Last thing, Bill, we got like 15 seconds left. Peach Bowl, Cincinnati, Georgia. I give Cincinnati a real chance. The music's playing. How do you see it? It's going to be a close game, and I think Georgia wins, but Cincinnati will show why they were an unbeaten team and play really well. They got a good defense. Bill Bender, great stuff. Talk to you next week, Bill. Happy New Year. Thanks for what you do for us. Happy New Year, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you. Bill Benner from the Sporting News. Hour 2 coming up next. Cappy kicks it off from Chicago. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.